It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, however you want. We're good. These microphones aren't the best, so you do kind of have to, like, stay on them. Actually, let me... Wear headphones. If you want, yeah. You're better. Let me see. I'm one, you're two. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good to go. Cool. Um, Definitely, you got to be, like, right in it. Yep, like they're right here. For, for this office and how great it is, these microphones stink. <laughs> you think they would... Uh... Put together a state-of-the-art studio with some good mics, but... Like, the door isn't soundproof. Like I, <laughs> a very early episode I was recording, and they were doing, like, a geography bee out there, and they had a bell, and you could just hear a ding every <laughs> so often, and people were like, did you record this on a Starbucks? Like, what's happening here? I used to work at EEI, and they're, they're like, the worst technology ever. Their freaking soundboard was from 1975, and, like, I literally saw an ad for a brand-new soundboard in, like, an old magazine. It was from 1980, and that was the exact one they had at EEI, and it's just like... Yep, that was not a fun time. But. Un- unsurprising. <laughs> yeah, unsurprising that the willing, unwilling to spend money on just basic things that a radio station would need. What did you do over there? I was a producer of like the mid midday show when it was Merloni, Fourier, and Tim Benz. Okay. That fucking sack of shit. It was a miserable experience. Uh, I just screen calls during Deflategate, which oh. was f- like just it, like I came out of college like man, I'm going to do sports media. It's going to be yeah. amazing. And then just that like broke my spirit of every single day. Either a dude saying like, I was like working on tires for 45 years. So I know everything about air pressure. <laughs> like everyone has their theory of like why it happened or like the conspiracy. And it's just like, we had full lines every day. So of course we had to talk about it, but it was just, my God, it was so goddamn stupid. Yeah, that was, I mean, it made us a lot of money. So it's hard to complain about, but like, I can't believe that was a story, like, at any yeah. point, at any point. <laughs> and sports talk radio is inherently just, like, dumb. Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's a it's a medium in which you can't have, like, a good discussion, even a relatively entertaining discussion, because you got to hit an ad break, like, real quick, and you're limited in what you can say. So it's yeah. just, like... I, when I used to work security before I got here. Uh, like, I dropped out of UMass. I got a security job immediately. And I used to work at, like, the in the Shaw's parking lot, um, right next to the JFK stop over in uh, Dorchester there. And I used to just sit there during the midday. and like I was never a sports hub guy. I just grew up on EEI. Yeah. And that was when Merloni and uh, Mutt were the midday show. Yeah. And I used to call in, and I think it was Pat O'Day was their producer. Patio. Patio yeah. Furniture. He's the man, yeah. Yeah, so I like he just knew me because I would call in every day. So he would like recognize me. And he'd be like, all right, we're about to hit a break, and then we'll come back with you. Because I was the only person who would call in and make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, <so it> sounds <laughs> about right. So they would literally like move me to the top of the call line. They would tell Mutton, uh, Coley's on, and they'd give me a whole segment to just talk That's... about whatever I want. Because it would be like saving their day. <laughs> if you get one good caller, it, like, it makes your whole hour just because right. it's like normally it's just fucking nonsense. Like The bar of being a productive caller is very low. Right. So if you're at all competent and try to be a little bit funny. I didn't. Like, I would just be so infuriated with like a, a previous <laughs> call that I would hear that was just such like a terrible. And I know they have to like, they can't like shit on every single caller because yeah. otherwise it just gets repetitive. But if I heard like a really bad one, I wouldn't even like call out the guy. I would just like attack that guy's take and like they would be like dying. 
And it would be like, yeah, you call in whatever. I'm shocked I EEI never like offered me a job because <laughs> literally it was every day for like a year. And I'd call into Planet Mikey at night too because that was the easiest show to get on. Oh, yeah. Well, Planet <laughs> Mikey is just like a, a trip in itself. It's just Mikey coming back to the studio in between breaks, clearly stoned <laughs> out of his gourd. Just like, oh, yeah. You have only one producer. You're just basically fucking around the entire time. That was like the most fun. It's like, but I tried to move up in the world and get it on the midday show. And then it was just like, Basically, I was like a less than producer, an associate right, producer, right, right. so I had to listen to all the bullshit takes, but then just like, my mic was never potted up, so I couldn't even join the conversation. It was right. like, this is fucking annoying. So, But luckily, through that, I started just going to Celtics game and getting media credentials, and I wrote for the website, like, game recaps that no one ever read, because who EI reads? EEI or the Celtics website? EEI.com. Yeah. Um, no one reads a game recap, but it allowed me to go, and then I just started podcasting, because I was think my thoughts are important, apparently, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just transitioned into doing this stuff, so it's worked out pretty cool. I get to go to the games now, so... Yeah, you're still on that credential life? Yeah, I get them credentials. I have no idea what I'm doing there. Like, <laughs> uh, like you see, I walk there, as like Gary Washburn and Steve Bullpett, and it's like, dudes have been doing this for 30 years, and it's just like, I'm just here to ask dumb questions. Like, I don't want to really step in their way. It's kind of a weird experience. Have you, like, have you been to any of the games or, like, or in a locker room like that? Only for the big three this summer. Like, me and Tyler went... And, like, they didn't okay, like, a camera guy to go. So we were just like, well, it doesn't really interfere with our job so we can go and not make content and not get, like, no one would even know we were there. Yeah. Um, And that was a weird experience just because it's not, like, a regular game at all. But it's also, like, we talked to Gary Payton for, like, a long time, which was just sick. And, like, we we got to ask Dr. J a question. We talked to George, George Gervin for a while. So, like, all that was really cool, but just, like, very... Like, we were sitting at a table with, like, five... Like, just eating pizza with, like, five Hall of Famers. Yeah. And it was like, we shouldn't be here. Like, this is stupid. Like, yeah. why are we here? That's the coolest <laughs> thing is, like, sometimes in the Celtics media room, it's just, like, you sit down and it's, like, then Jackie McMullen comes and sits down and you're just having, a, like, dinner with Jackie Mack. And then it's like, wow, this lady is very smart and awesome. And then, but, like, I never know what I'm doing in, like a scrum with Stevens or like in the locker room, the locker room pregame and post or especially pregame is the most awkward experience. It's just middle-aged white men pouring into the <laughs> locker room and then all the players, like they know exactly when that time is. So they're trying to get the fuck out. Yeah. And then you like, you see them like joking with each other and then it's like, Oh, come over to the media. And this is like, I don't know. It's like Jason Tatum's like one of the least interesting people when talking to the media. I bet. There's no one like Kyrie doesn't speak before the game. Jalen never speaks before the game. Sometimes you can get Terry to talk, but like even he's pretty reserved. So I just like don't know what I'm doing. So I don't know. It's interesting. I get to go to the games and get to record a podcast right afterwards. But I don't know. It kind of feel like an imposter when I go because I'm not like an actual. Journalist. I I wouldn't care about that at all. Like that. Like there were other like legitimate media people there when we went. And they would ask, like, like, oh, when you missed that shot, like, what was going through your mind? Like, what do you I fucking miss? Like, what do you mean? Like, I've never understood why, like, anyone ever asks these questions. There's, right? such, a, there's such a formula for, like, because they're all writing recaps. There's such a formula for the newspaper story. So they've, like, crafted their gamer and they're like, well, we need the one reaction quote to this thing. And right. it's like, you can see, like, Stevens roll his eyes sometimes or just, like, others. just like, really, you're going to ask, like, what he thought about that or, like, what was going through his brain? And so, like, I try to, I don't know, I, I try not to take sports too fucking seriously. Right, it's, that's what it is. It doesn't affect my life. Like, I have no control. It's also weird being, like, a fan. All these people there, like, I'm clearly a Celtics fan. I don't, like, a, like try to say no cheering in the press box. Yeah. But it's weird just, like, 
other people maintain this thing of like journalistic integrity or things like I don't know. I just I fucking like calling him Tito and likes it when he dunks or like <laughs> right. like that. Like I don't know. It's crazy that like people like the uh, there's there's a portion of people who like get really mad at Bill Belichick for not answering these just like moronic questions. It's like yeah. he, he does like a like no one wants to be there to begin with. Like no coach, no anyone wants to be there. Maybe Rex Ryan. That's it. But like everyone else, like if you're gonna ask Belichick, like he he gives really good answers when he gets a good question. Yeah. That's the part that's always been crazy to me. Like, yeah, are you gonna bench Tom Brady? That's gonna get laughed at. Like <laughs> when you ask him, like, ah, oh, this scheme happened on this specific play, and he's like, oh yeah, my father used to run that at Navy. Here's a 30 minute answer. Yeah. Like it's crazy people don't see like, oh, that stupid question. Like just ask good questions. It's not that hard. Apparently it is. It actually is harder than you think. Because some days I go in, I'm like, I'm going to fucking ask a question today. Like, I'm going to really try and get Brad to say something interesting. And then you just stand there going, oh, I don't want to f- seem like a fucking idiot. And I guess you should probably just, I should probably just shoot my shot more. But it's just, there's like, it's weird. So you don't want to just like waste the time of a guy who's there and it's like making a career out of it. Definitely. Yeah. And it's it's definitely like, you don't want to be like the, the, the Super Bowl media, like guy who dresses in like a barrel yeah. with like a clown wig. Like, you don't want to be that guy either. But it's like, you can for sure ask, there's a medium there. There's not like, hey, I need you to break down the X's and O's of like this elevator play that you ran. Because yeah. like, you should already, like, there's there's something to be said. Like, the, the person writing about it should already know that too. Yeah. Or the person watching it. Like, that's why, <laughs> like, basketball Twitter these past like three years. Like, they start hating on Inside the NBA. And oh, really? I didn't know there was anti-Inside the NBA takes. <laughs> it's just an entertainment show. It's it's crazy to me. They're like, oh, these guys don't even watch. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, Shaq has how many rings? Like, I, Ernie Johnson's a, the consummate host. And Charles Barkley is clearly not there. For, if you're watching Charles Barkley for, like, like uh, like advanced analytics and, like, uh, like off the court, Dwight Howard's, like, the, the, the Hornets, this happens. Like, no, why are you watching it for that? Like, no. <laughs> Like, Shaq goes up there with airbrushed abs, and, like, they have, like, ridiculous conversations, and he got tackled into a Christmas tree. Like, that's what it's that's for. That's what it's for. I don't, like, what, what like, breaking it down do you need, like, X's and O's? Like, it's just, you can get that if you want. Like, there's so many different basketball Twitter things. Right. Like, basketball breakdown. They'll break down every single play for you. But right. It's just, I don't know. It's weird. That was one of the major things I wanted to ask you about, though, is uh, weird Celtics Twitter, especially <laughs> this season, man. It is, I was someone... A dude from SB Nation called me the other day to just like talk to me about Janos. And I was like, the origin of Janos. And I was just like, the story's not Janos. The story's just like weird Celtics Twitter. And That's where, what it is. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't follow many other teams, but you're like more in tune with social media. It's like, there's no other. Like, Raptors Twitter is starting to develop a, a semblance of a personality. They seem kind of angry. They are. They are. Well, they feel disrespected and slighted, which, I mean, Celtics Twitter has been there before, too. Uh, when we were told for many years Danny Ainge couldn't draft. Like, he was constantly picking in the 20s. Like, yeah, it's going to be a crap <laughs> James shoot. Young didn't work out. Gonna, <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll defend that pick till I die. Like, there was nothing wrong with that pick. Um, but Celtics Twitter, I think it has a lot to do with uh, Ryan. Hiberto of oh, Riffs. He's he's the tastemaker. He, I mean, I I've known him on Twitter since we were both just like 600, 700 follower guys, just like watching the Celtics yeah. and just like enjoying it. You know what I mean? Just like, like I don't know. Like he he liked Isaiah a lot more than I did, but at the same time, he wasn't like oh, we trading for Kyrie was a bad idea. Like he he gets it, but he also gets the part where it's like it's not that serious. Like yeah. let's just enjoy basketball. And I, I like without him, it would just be like uh, like me yelling at the clouds. Yeah. I feel like because he definitely 
has made it a lot more palatable to to just be a Celtics fan. Um, well, he just made it fucking like his weirdness has been completely embraced, which oh, is correct. And, like, but he's been like that. Like that's oh the yeah, thing. He's he hasn't been changed like whatsoever. This. Like well, the only thing he changed was just spelling everyone's name in one word. Yeah. that's the only thing he, <laughs> he ever took, changed. He took out spaces and his career <laughs> skyrocketed. Yeah, spaces were the devil for him, <laughs> but he, uh, like, I don't know. I've, I've, it's just been great to see that Celtics, because Celtics, I've always had. Like a le- where where are you from? You're from uh, Watertown. Watertown. That's right. So you're close enough. Like growing up in the city, like they were the clear fourth team. Oh yeah. Like very far behind. And I remember, like I had season tickets. Oh six, oh seven. My my senior year of high school. It's the only year I had season tickets. And we won seventeen fucking games. It was a bottom <laughs> three Celtics team. Bad year. <laughs> Not a great year for the team. And like that place was empty. Like, and I I remember I used to. Uh, I'd go with my dad a lot, and I used to, when Doc Rivers got announced, I would like, I, I was sitting like higher up, like in the 300s, but I would stand and give like a legitimate ovation because I was like, look, this is probably one of our top three assets right here. <laughs> like, I don't want this guy to get frustrated and leave. And I regret it because he turned into a dickhead. And yeah, I, was, I thought you were going to say I was just stood up and booed him loudly. No, because back then it was like, look, like I, I, I did believe, like I, I knew what he had done with the magic. Like I knew he was like a players type coach. He just didn't have the players. And that, but like that place was just empty, and it wasn't this like ah oh, like the '80s garden. It wasn't that at all. It was like LeBron came to town. People were there to see LeBron, not yeah. boo him. Like it was, it was very. I was the same year. Didn't they cheer like Kobe and give him like MVP? Oh chance? my God! I was at that. I know who started those chants too. He's a kid <laughs> I play basketball with. I wasn't sitting with him. He just happened to be there because he was a big Kobe fan, and I wanted to strangle him like that. That will forever be one of the biggest black marks that's happened in Celtics state, history. Yeah. Like Co- like he's a Laker. Like I don't like. Isaiah comes back. I hope he gets the shit boot out of him now that he's on the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Although he might not be because it's next year. Who knows what's going to happen with gonna that? Be, but yeah. but that, like he pulled up from like half court to end like the second or third quarter, and like I just knew it was. Like, I think we lost by like thirty that game, and you just knew that was going in, and the place erupted like it was a home game. I was disgusted. Uh, that that will always like I speak the the point I, I was trying to in a roundabout way getting to. Celtics weird Twitter has helped me re-embrace Celtics fans because specifically that game. I'm glad you brought it up. I was not a big fan of yeah, Celtics no, fans. Not great. And like they, some of the arguments and the Isaiah thing is another part of it. Like I get we loved Isaiah. He was the, the tiny sportsman. Like he was electric. A lot. There's you can't take anything away from the season he had. It was one of the greatest offensive Celtics seasons ever. You can't. Yeah. There's nothing you can say against that. I was shocked how much pushback there was when we traded him for Kyrie Irving. Oh yeah, I mean I like I remember like recording the reaction podcast and being like, I like Isaiah as a dude, but we just got Kyrie Irving. Like it should be. It, there's a positive here. Like it was crazy. It was like I. It's also weird because we spent the entire at least I did it like comparing Isaiah it and Kyrie. Like all, like arguing basically with like Cavs fans, like yeah, Cavs data, and uh, so I just like spent some time slandering Kyrie, and then had to like take I, it back. See, I never did that. Uh, I was always like, this dude's got crazy handles, and like he's their second option. I hope his numbers aren't the same. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I was he's younger. Like they were the 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 them being in the same drafts, just like a weird little piece of sports history yeah. trivia for for eternity. But like, I don't know, man. I Angels. Ainge just knows what he's doing, and I, I put up those uh, I hate Danny Ainge shirts over the summer, and that to me that was a litmus test, 
where you're either a real Celtics fan and you understand what this means, or I'm going to troll you and you're going to be <laughs> you're like, be yeah, really pissed yeah. off. Because I thought he was going to trade Isaiah during the draft. I always thought he was going to trade Isaiah. I never thought Isaiah was here for the long haul. It didn't make sense to give him that money. The money and I, the role. Like, I know I, I just said he played tremendously last year. I always pictured him as Manu. Like, if he ever embraced the six-man role, I would have wanted him here for life. But he thought he's like the best point guard in the league, which you can't really yeah. work with. That's the curse of Brad Stevens is he makes you believe right. so much in your own ability right. that it's like you start thinking you're better than you are. And when I put, I thought he was going to get traded during the draft, so I needed those shirts for draft night. And it kind of helped that we traded the first pick. I knew some people were mad about that. But if he had traded him on draft night, because Jackie Mack had said he tried to trade him the draft previous yeah. for like a mid another lottery pick. I don't know who he was targeting, but he was trying to get back in the lottery, and everyone was like, no, dude, we're not trading <laughs> a lottery pick for this guy. And I used to have debates with my friends, like, I think he's going to trade this dude. And they were like, no, he can't. The Celt- uh, like the city loves him, like most beloved players since like Bird. And I was like, I don't, he's the second best point guard I've seen. Now third, or, like play for the Celtics. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I, again, he was a folklore. He took hilarious pictures. Every yeah. picture was, he's always high, which I can appreciate. And he was fun to watch. But like, what? we're trying to win championships here. Like, if, if, if it wasn't a it wasn't a thing that could happen, and I, I, I wish him the best. I hate seeing what he's going through now. Yeah, no, it's not not like, fun to see him because he was he was like a nice dude and like right. said what was on his mind. So from a media or like consumer perspective, it was like yeah, you kind of just like felt like you got to know him a little bit. But in terms of talent, yeah, it doesn't like. I was actually I was a huge like Jay Crowder guy only because when right. I was at EEI he gave me like a forty minute interview about like how he came up. So I was immediately just biased by that because he was nice to me, but. He completely fell off too, and it's yeah, like, I I hope he can pick it back up in Utah. I think just that whole Cavs situation was a little not toxic, but it, oh, wasn't, it was super toxic. I don't know how you can describe. It. They well, hated each other. Well, like the, the, like the whole Cavs. I just mean them too specifically. Like they went into a situation like they, I feel like they were just like scorned, and they and Isaiah had the injury on top of it, and then they both also had individual tragedies happen to both of them. Yeah. Like they had a really fucking shitty year. Can we swear on this? Oh yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> being here I'm, I swear on everything and then I'm like oh yeah the real world um, well, this is not the real world this is a <laughs> daily Celtics podcast yeah well- NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season from our local experts to your ears these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network the Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, 
Rejecting the Screen, the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, mom. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade. And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales packing and J King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Welcome to Locked On Celtics Podcast, everyone. Uh, joined by noted tall white Coley Mick from Barstool Sports, host of Mixtape. Uh, co-host. 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 Can't man. forget Tyler. Yeah. Um, we're talking about weird Celtics Twitter. I feel like the reason it took off this year is because there was a completely new team. Like, oh, we, I had no idea what the personality of this team was going to be yeah. coming in, because Kyrie's kind of a an odd duck. He's a weirdo, yeah. A weird dude. <laughs> Al Horford's like the most quiet, like loving father there is. Yeah. He's just like never going to say anything. I know it was just like we needed some sort of like weird shit, and so we ran with Erotic City and like Swoljelay and combat <laughs> muscles. I think what it was too is the the plans almost done. Like Angel's plans almost done. Like because the Nets picks are gone now. Like that that chapter is over. We know what we have from it, and it's hard to be upset with what we have from it. Yeah, and it's like all right, well. We're almost in like this this purgatory where we're just waiting because we see what we have. We know what most of us recognize it's not enough for this year, especially with Hayward's leg exploding. Yeah, but you, you if if you're not comfortable and like I don't care if we get swept in the playoffs by anyone this year, like what we have moving forward, if you're not comfortable and confident in Angel's ability to continue to add to it, you're a crazy person. So we're we're just in this waiting period where it's like, well. It's not like these games don't count. We're like kind of just watching this team develop. We still have other picks that aren't the Brooklyn picks coming. And it's like, well, we might as well just have fun with it. Yeah, might as well laugh. We got an all-star coming. Like, they're probably not going to win this year. And everyone knows that. And so get jokes off. Like, get weird sh- say some weird shit. Right. Fuck spaces. And 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 Janos, Janos, Janos. I don't know how to pronounce it. but <laughs> teach his owner. I say Janos. It's... Uh, I feel like that's just an amalgam of of all of us that that have been in it for <laughs> for many years. And he was, if this had come along two years ago, he'd have three followers. Yeah. Like no one, it would just be me and Ryan, like being like, "Is this you? No. Is this you? No. I don't know what this. is. <laughs> who the is. fuck is this guy? Yeah. Do you have? Do you know who it is? Do you have any idea? I have no idea. I secretly think it's my uh, co-host uh, John Corrales, but you think I, it's him? Yeah, but he he's, he denies it. But my only thing is like it's he has been posted on like what Celtics Life or Celtics Hub for since like 2008 2009 oh, yeah that's that someone someone dug up like the earliest Giannis post so it has to be someone who's like been around for a while was it like the same type of writing and everything same type of writing same exact picture like picture like <laughs> it was like is it just a guy maybe is that the big secret here is that the big reveal yeah, it's just a guy it's, it's just a guy it could, <laughs> like he I someone tried to shame him and like saying he was using some they found like the stock photo he was using like fuck that like yeah well it's like trying to dig up drill like yeah, there's no alone. need Leave it alone. Uh, I still think it's Ainge. That's the thing. That's the other thing is like Ainge is clearly when he 
they all have burner accounts. Like the Celtics have right. to have burner accounts. Like the whole. F- uh, I can confirm Terry Rozier did not have a burner account. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing with like me, me and fucking Tito. I just started calling Terry Rozier Tito because. Right. I don't know. That's what I call him. His name began with T. Right. He was good. And then Austin Ainge quotes tweets it and says, like, some people are getting it wrong and, like, they should call him T-Row. And then it's a fucking segment on CSN or whatever, NBC Sports. And it's just like... like mixtape. Yeah. You guys had to talk about <laughs> it on the, when he came in. Yeah. And so, I think we were the first... Part, well, we asked about him. We asked him about him before you even got a chance. Yeah. No, because you, you <laughs> talked about it and then everyone's sending me the videos like, he hates Tito. He hates Tito. So I had to go up to him and be like, yeah, I'm the Tito guy. Like, sorry. <laughs> sorry you're doing all this. He's like, yeah, just keep doing it. Um but like the Celtics brass clearly is uh, aware of what's going on, and like just oh, yeah. the very fact that you'd reach Danny Ainge would quote tweet Janos is just it's awesome, it's fascinating. That's why I think it's him. Like I, <laughs> there's no other like positive thing that can come out of that for Ainge. I think he's using it to tamper, and I hope he's using it to tamper. <laughs> yeah. If he's not, uh, maybe those I hate Danny Ainge shirts are more more real these days. Yeah, you got to do everything you can to try and build a team. Yeah, that, I mean, this is the same guy who was like spooning uh, Mama Durant while he was at Texas. <laughs> like, if he's not still tampering, I I need to have a sit down with him. Although, like, what player is Giannis going to tweet at that's going <laughs> to help them sign? It's probably uh, I don't even know. They don't even need anything. That's the crazy thing is that everyone like trade deadline. Everyone's so thirsty for a deal, or like everyone yeah. really wants to say it's like Gordon Hayward's coming back. You're going to add an all star who can do literally everything, right? And he's like Brad Stevens' perfect basketball robot. Like right. they're gonna be much better next year. For, yeah, without doing like anything right now, I I still would love like a like Baines is good in doses, and they they clearly need someone to score off the bench. But I wasn't like, <clears throat> let's trade a first for Tyreek Evans. Like I thought that was crazy. And I like Tyreek, and I know Danny Ainge has coveted Tyreek yeah. since he was at Memphis. Like that's it, all well and good. You, this isn't the year to be like, oh, let's start trading the Memphis pick or start trading like. I didn't even think they should trade Smart just because right. like that was crazy. You don't know what you're gonna get in him. He like he could get a shitty contract and just like uh, not really command that much money. And like you have an option of what to do at the end of the season. So why like just give that up for? A run, a title run that you're not even actually trying to go on. Right. The 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 me and Tyler joke about it a lot. The Lou Will contract just kind of ruined it forever. It did. Marcus Smart's fucked. Like he's gonna get. There's no one with cap room. He's gonna get like eight million dollars or something like that. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if he came back for like a, a discount. Like I feel like Stevens is the only coach he's ever known. I don't know. I'm fully bought in on like the Church of Brad Stevens and like. Oh yeah. I interviewed him and talked just to him about his like mindset philosophy like how he thinks about coaching and it's just like yeah we don't focus on results it's very belichickian it's like focus on the process get incremental progress each day and i was like yeah man i'm sold like wherever you tell me to go i'll go brad there's no reason to not like again doc was a fine players coach and it helps when like him and tibbs were there together like you just have two head coaches like one focusing on defense one focusing on offense and it helps when like there are like three to four hall of famers on the court (laughs) having the best defensive power forward of all time right so it's like yeah I, i get what was going on there but just you watch like some of the sets especially like out of timeout like inbounds plays it's night and day like well you saw that Brad's first year, like right after Doc left, when we had garbage out there, like Rondo wasn't even playing; yeah. he was hurt. Like you could see, like the offense was humming, even though we were losing. It was like, oh, this guy's a different animal. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's does everything right. It's just, it's so weird because he's like very milk toast dude from the Midwest, and I was like, how do you walk into a locker room with like twelve black dudes and Jonas Jerebko and like 
actually like interact with them. And I've asked the, some of the players about. It. They're just like, he's just very honest about who he is, and right. like is very clear about expectations. Like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like you would imagine. Like for some reason, I imagine there'd be some more of like a. Like they're playing future or something in the locker room, and like Brad walks in and makes a joke, or I don't know. I just can't imagine them like hanging out on a bus or any social situation, but like it seems to work for X's and O's and like getting them to be the best that they can be. Yeah, I think he's just very authentic to himself, and I think any race of person can respect that as yeah. long as you're not trying to be something you're not like people are gonna be like oh okay like you don't always have to agree with that person but you you un, you know what you're gonna get from them and i think for from a head like that's the thing i don't understand with any team for any sport when like like the browns are the perfect example like yeah it's no one like they just they had they hired a gm last year and they didn't win any games and they fired him it's like yeah well of course it's not gonna work like <laughs> if you give them zero to like what do you think they're gonna go undefeated like of course not like teams that that don't have this this structure from the top and I, like it starts with like wick and the ownership group and them having all this trust in Ainge. ainge has been here since what like oh four or five it was oh four because it was like the the al jefferson draft was his first one i think and it's been like they, they were like yeah we trust you. you he got all those assets he made the garnett trade he made the ray allen trade first and he just has always had a plan i felt like like he's always had a very clearly defined plan um and like it helps that the people above him trust in it, and everyone below him trusts in it, and that's what you need. And he got his guy in Stevens, and the, what did they just get new contracts last off season? I think so. Yeah, they were like they six, weren't even yeah, six years. They or something. weren't even a do. Like they were both already signed. But like, like, yeah, we we agree that this is going better. Like, <laughs> yeah, we've gotten better every single year. Yeah, we made Jordan Crawford Player of the Week. Like. <laughs> I miss Jordan Crawford. I do. I thought that for a while he was going to come back in the league. I think he's still dominating the D League now. Probably. Like, I mean, I can't see why why he wouldn't be. Perks dominating in the D League. Like, I thought he was going to get called uh, signed by the Cavs, and I was kind of disappointed that didn't happen. Well, they only gave Marcus Thornton a ten day, so I wouldn't be shocked if they still did. Like they don't need him now. They they, they, they just, can sign him like mid March and yeah, he'll still be on the playoff roster, right? Yeah. I I don't know. I'm not a, a CBA guy. <laughs> I'm not a rules guy. Um, so I guess what is Given that we all know that they're not going for a championship this year, I mean, I'd rather have them win games. I'd rather have right. them not play shitty like they right. did for the past four games or ever since Marcus has been out. Like, yeah. I don't know, what, do you, what are your expectations for the rest of this season? I think it's just more like... Because there was the first year of the Isaiah playoffs where we shouldn't have made them in the first place. And Avery and Kelly both got hurt against Atlanta. And it was just like, well, this kind of feels like a waste. And then it was – was that the first year? First year no, we first lost year we to the Cavs, Cavs and Cavs. got fucking our asses yeah, kicked. Yeah, got blown out. That's because we were like a seven seed, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. We made the huge push for to get it out of the lottery. <laughs> to not get Miles Turner. But we got Terry, so it's Oh, could have had be... Devin Booker too. Yeah, we did end yeah. up with uh, Terry, so it's not a, a wash. But that draft was – crazy loaded or least. I know but it was so yeah we we got we got handled by the Cavs and it was like yeah we never should have been here in the first place and then it was the Hawks where Avery and Kelly got hurt and we were winning that game before Avery when he pulled his hamstring yeah. he just came up lame that sucked because I thought we should have beat the Hawks we should never lose to the Hawks in the playoffs I don't care who's on the Hawks we should never lose to the Hawks in the playoffs so that one was really disappointing and it kind of showed like they were just kind of it was kind of like Jeremy Lin's 11th game when they played the Heat, like he had those 10 games, best yeah. 10 games start to his career. And then they played the Heat, and Wade and LeBron just played him like a high school player and like full court trapped him. They were doing that to Isaiah, and the offense had no answer around it. 
And that was frustrating to watch because it was like, all right, well, we should be beating this team even with Avery out, even with Kelly out. Like, this isn't acceptable. And then last year was felt like a really positive step in the right direction. Like, they figured out how to use Isaiah in the playoffs. Everyone was clicking. Horford helped a lot on the defensive yeah, of end. Of course, yeah. I mean, Horford. That's the most frustrating thing in fucking Celtics media. Right. Average L, Horford, yeah. Lou Maloney going on these fucking hot take rants. Yeah, we got Jared out here, uh, Caravas, who's like Lou Maloney's son. And I tell him all the time, I'm like, dude, like that guy. I, like, I, like I said, I used to talk to Lou every day. Yeah. I had no problem. I still have no I worked problem. with Lou. I right. was his producer for right. a year straight. I, I like Lou, but he just doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. That, that's like, I... I said for years the only person I ever cared to listen to on Boston Sports Talk Radio talk about the Celtics was John Ryder. John D. Ryder, man, that guy's a legend. Yeah, I used to call him all the time, too. He he got it. He truly understood the game. He knew what he was watching. He wasn't a hot take guy. Like He was like, yeah, I'm going to recap the game. We can talk about basketball. I'm here till midnight. Yeah. And they haven't found that guy to replace him yet. Like, there's no one. <laughs> no, it's like uh, you would think – Ordway, I mean, like, he used to be, like, the play-by-play guy, but, like, right. he's, what? It's really hard for me to, like, respect the opinion of someone who's over the age of 40. If they're, like, yeah. it's unless they're, like, there every single day. But if they're just, like, a, an old dude on Sports Talk Radio, it's, like, immediately there's kind of, like, a, why the fuck do I care about right. your general It should honestly opinion. be, like, like, Greeny should have his own show up there. Like, I don't know how either of those places haven't reached out to him because it would be the only place to get any sort of, like, good Celtics talk on – or even, like, the Locked On yeah. show. Like, if you guys were just on... Because I know, like, uh, Corrales... Uh, is that how you say his last name? Yeah. John Corrales. And... Um, Jay King? Jay King. Yeah, I was blanking on his name. <laughs> uh, I was picturing his avatar of him going up for, like, the layup or the block. Um, uh, like, in, in you. Like, that would be the best Celtic show they've had ever? Like, ever. Yeah. On either no, station. On either station. And, yeah, it just it's, it's, like, frustrating how much they still, I guess have control over the conversation even though like with the emergence of podcasts it's still like right Lou Maloney can say average Al and then that's a, like well, a thing on Celtics Twitter for the next three days or like something Boston especially more Boston New York and I can't speak for the rest of the country but I know those two cities still very much are listening to terrestrial radio oh yeah and it, it you can tell when it like I saw yesterday uh on on Felger and Maz they said Pedro was never the face of the Red Sox like, well, where were you in 1999? <laughs> for like a five-year stretch. Like, why is that even? Like, who? Why is that even being brought up? Like, they're just trying. Every to get... single start he had was appointment television. How right. is he not the face of? That's one of the like. That's the classic. Just saying dumb shit to say dumb shit. <laughs> right, and it gets a rise out of people, and it gets them their views and stuff, and it's like. It fucking works though. Like that probably got them a bunch of viewers and like. Every time, so John Corrales will all like constantly shit on them and like just go after terrestrial radio and yeah. like talk about it, like podcasts are here, like you don't have to listen to them, you can listen to us. There's so many people just cape for like terrestrial radio. It's just like this is the thing, man. Like e making it on EEIs or like being on the sports hub is like that's where the elite of like I guess our profession is. It's just it's absurd. I don't know, I don't understand caping for ter like old school radio. It feels like it's just a dying industry. It is, but like I, I guess like probably in like. That's the thing, like, ESPN is the biggest, like, sports radio station, and I think, like, 48 of the 50, like, capital cities, and it's, like, Boston and New York, they no yeah. one listens to them, and it's because we all, I think it's, like, I just remember growing up, like, with my father in the car, like, listening to, like, the Wiener Winer line. Oh, yeah. Like, every day, like, he would be, like, driving me home from something, yeah. and yeah, it, it was, like, on. yeah, every day, every time you're in the car, like, I, my, 
we would listen to Dennis and Callahan in the morning. Like my dad is like super liberal, like <laughs> probably voted for Jimmy Carter four times. Like even like even though we probably hated everything Dennis and Callahan said, I was like, yeah, that's what we're in the car. We're gonna right, be listening right. to we're gonna be listening to EI. So like I understand how it's like built into the kind of the culture, I guess, of uh, Boston sports. But I don't know, it's frustrating shit. I think that I think there is gonna be a point though where like us specifically barstool in boston at least can just take them down yeah no i mean with serious it's like with that show there's literally another something it, i feel like a lot of that is like in your car driving right. and so as soon as most cars have satellite radio and then which right. i imagine they will there's no real re- like that's the only reason i feel like people just constantly go back to that yeah, it's just reflex is really all it is, and like a little bit of nostalgia, and that's why like Ordway keeps getting brought back. Like I feel like he's <laughs> yeah. been fired like five times, and he just keeps getting brought back. And like I don't know, like I, I still like I like a decent amount of the guys who work there, like as humans, but like I don't care about their takes at all. Like I, it's, I don't know why they have takes. Like I, you could if, if people are gonna be so mad at Charles Barkley for not watching the game, like none of those guys watch the Celtics. It's like painfully obvious. Because if you if you watched one Celtics game, you wouldn't unless it was like against the Cavs in the playoffs, you yeah. would never think Al Horford was average. Like it was impossible. It's impossible to think that. Yet, it, yet, it, yet it happens. So, who knows? It's just like the biggest like I clearly don't watch the game statement. And like I I know there's this whole divide like the like the eye test versus the analytics people. I don't know if there needs to be some big divide. Like however you want to enjoy the game, like. I'm all for it, but even if you are not going to watch it, like at least look up the numbers because Horford is like constantly yeah. having like historic stat lines. Even if he's not grabbing like 12 rebounds a game, like he ass- passes both tests. He passes right. both the eye test and right. all like statistics, small statistics and like the advanced analytics that I don't understand, but right they seem to be good. And now he hits threes too, so it's like I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what. What more could you ask for from him? Yeah. Uh, it, and like it to me, the Al Horford signing, just signing him himself, was I don't know another free agent that even comes close to his caliber in my lifetime for the Celtics. Like the Red Sox can sign whoever they want, the Patriots can sign whoever they want, the Bruins got Chara. I'm sure they have other signings. I don't really care about the Bruins, yeah. but I'm sure they've Hockey's had a trash sport. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure they've had other big signings before Horford. It was like Posey, PJ. Like, yeah, no one. Shaq. It's amazing that he even <laughs> like signed here, and right. so. I think that's a huge credit to, I think it's actually like Stevens. I think that it's like everyone knows that they're going to become better with if they play for him. So why wouldn't you right. like want to sign with the Celtics? Right, and it helps that like you're coming from like Atlanta, which is a cool place to live, but it's a terrible place to play sports. Yeah, like we like he he said it himself. He was like, yeah, people cheered more for me signing the contract than me playing for Atlanta for like a decade. Yeah, he kicked the shit out of the Celtics in Boston <laughs> and the crowd was like very excited, more excited for the Celtics than Hawks fans were for the Hawks who won the actual game. And so <laughs> right. it's pretty wild. Do you think the Celtics have like can beat can win the East though? This I don't, year? Yeah, I don't no. I don't know if I'm confident in their ability to score points consistently uh, because it just seems like their offense isn't clicking that much. They just can't. Like uh, Tatum's too young. Uh, Jalen's taking a huge step that I've I've enjoyed every second of, and that's another part like where it comes down to like the me hating Celtics fans because of the Kobe shit. Me hating Celtics fans because they booed Jalen Brown. That was absurd <laughs> because he wasn't Chris Dunn or Jimmy Butler. Yeah. <laughs> like what? What are we doing? Like the whole garden was booing. Like, yeah. That shit only happens in movies. What are we doing here? We're not Philly. And but him seeing that step 
is is tremendous. Uh, I know Kyrie is going to ball out. I feel like Kyrie in the playoffs is a different thing. That guy feels like he talks about aura so much and like the energy of the building. I can't imagine Kyrie losing a playoff game in the Garden because like Garden playoffs is like a totally different environment. Right. It's fucking crazy. And for a guy who's like talking about his seventh chakra and like riding the energy <laughs> you can see it when he went to oracle it's just like oracle oh, yeah. Kyrie's the thing it feels like i thought uh that was gonna happen in the the Cavs game and it kind of did in the first quarter when he hit that one um yeah. one shot and then it all locked down shit. lebron i remember <laughs> i tweeted the highlight people were so i was trolling people there so i was like look at this clamps and then he hits the turnaround in his face people were like dude he just missed a shot and then hit a shot yeah. i was like yeah get it i understand no, but Kyrie did everything <laughs> yeah that game was shit. Like that first quarter was fine, and then I don't know. I, I have no idea what happened. That was just I was like, well, I guess we're losing this one. That handedly. was the day after my birthday, and I was up in the halo. I was just sitting there, very hungover, and it was not a fun experience. No, it was tough because that was an afternoon game too. Right? Yeah, yeah, that was that was tough. But <laughs> yeah, so as far as the playoffs, like I, it's it's just more harkening back to what I was saying before. I just want to see positive like strides because I feel like. Last year we were playing like Gel Green at the four out of necessity. We almost lost to Rondo in the first round. Like that was our big curveball <laughs> to save the season. Start Gerald. There were yeah, there were plenty of like red flags last year that I don't need to see this. I or I don't want to see this year, and I don't anticipate seeing. Like I just think we're going to get beat. But like if we lost to the Raptors, that wouldn't surprise me. If we lost to the Cavs, that's what I'm expecting. If we lost to anyone else, I'd probably be pretty upset. Yeah, Bucks, Wizards are good teams, but we really shouldn't lose to them because no. they don't have enough depth. Definitely shouldn't ever like the Wizards last year. I was shocked. It was I get we like just it's a very intense game. Like they seem to be our current rivals. Like the yeah. Cavs aren't a rival. We can't beat them. Like it's tough to be. It's like the Lakers the first nine times we face them in the finals. Like that wasn't a rivalry. That was a hammer versus a nail. Yeah, the Wizards feel like a rival that shouldn't be because the games are always just so close and. It feels like Kelly Oubre just wants to fight everyone, and we have plenty of people who want to fight too. So it's just a very <laughs> it's volatile a, yeah. mixture. Good combination. Yeah, and so the games are enjoyable to watch. They're exciting. I do think we're just significantly more talented, and we shouldn't struggle with them as much. But that's that's why we, we watch. And then we they really should have lost that game if it wasn't for Markeith Morris fouling Kyrie in the final seconds on that. Right. But yeah, there's a reason. No reason to be as close as it. Like we should not lose to a John Wallace team, right. despite the amazing chemistry they have without him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler was saying he's going to come back and just their playoffs. They're going to lose in like the first round. Yeah, because like, what was Bradley Beal saying? Like everybody eats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him and Gort- Gortat were saying that, and, and Wall was like, "I get you plenty of open looks. So why don't you shut yeah, off fuck Gortat? off, dude." <laughs> I think the most you're, like you're right. The most important thing is is like we need Jalen and. Uh, Jason Tatum just to play in the playoffs and like have some success and it's like that'll be some like incremental progress and they'll get a little bit better and get more confident and then when Hayward returns like they're immediately a championship contender oh yeah well I think they're the east contender like I I was saying yesterday like if if Hayward comes like this offseason if we do nothing we're automatically like the favorites to win the east just by Hayward coming back and that obviously, if like the Cavs get like boogie and like I don't know how they continue to get players with their they're like forty million over the cap like now. Yeah. So I don't know how they keep adding players, but I'm just going to assume they can figure out ways. So unless like they get someone or LeBron goes to like the Sixers, like I don't know another thing that could happen where we're not going to be the odds-on favorite. And I'm just it's like just waiting. Like the the Hayward injury really really sucked in the moment, but I think in the long term it's just going to be better because of what we've seen out of Tatum which I've enjoyed, but, like, these last... 
He's he's regressed. What is it, since his like kid was born, pretty much. His kid was born. He dislocated his finger or something. But yeah. like, really, his start was fucking insane. It like, was. he was the best shooter of all time. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like, I don't know why I expected that to continue, but I did. I was like, well, yeah. I haven't seen anything else. <laughs> this guy makes everything. What what like, I've gotten a lot of heat because I wasn't sold on Tatum coming out of Duke. It wasn't like I said, I I projected him to be Tobias Harris, which people thought was like the most insulting thing you could Tobias say. Tobias Harris is a very solid player. He just kicked the shit out of the Celtics. Correct. He sure he did. He always does. <laughs> Correct. I didn't think it was that ter- terrible of a take. People after that hot start were like, oh no, this guy's like if Pierce and Ray Allen had a kid, which I think we're <laughs> starting to see is not quite the case. But again, he's still 19 and he's Celtics fan will tell you that. Uh, what are you What are you expecting from him like the next three years? I'll just get a little bit better at shooting, like and finishing. Like he's already at a, clearly an elite level. He contributes on defense, like he yeah, does, more than I ever expected. That's the crazy thing is even when he has shitty shooting games, he still is kind of like somewhat productive on defense. He's still the longest fucking dude on the team and is good at <laughs> grabbing is. rebounds. So I don't know. It's just going to be more consistent with scoring and more like being in the offense. So it's like uh, difficult right now because the team just can't score really yeah. without Kyrie Irving so you would like need you would like yeah I want Jason Tatum to hit his more shots than he is but I don't know he's still 19 and so I don't know like yeah, he's got to keep throwing him out there and just see what happens yeah I'm not trying to make any broad generalizations about him it's just like he needs to learn when to take like the offhand layup like when to use his right hand on the on the left side as which yeah. it seems to be the only way he knows how it's to his take go-to layups. move yeah and it, it, it's ending up in the fifth row more now than at the beginning when he of was sneaking season. it by people it was very impressive yeah. but now it's just getting swatted it's, like, it, huh? it's still a tool he should keep it's just not the only way he should try and lay it up and it seems like the nets kind of open it up for the rest of the league where if you're just super physical with him, yeah. he kind of is like, oh, I'm not even going to look for my shot because I'm just, like, again, he's 19. So, like, he's he could grow, like, two inches and, like, fill out more. He's like, definitely going to fill out more. Like, he's, like, a, of all the dudes, he's kind of, like, the smallest one. I mean, he still is, like, a professional athlete and right. he's very jacked, but, like, you can just see that in the locker room, just, it's weird that I go into the locker room and see all these guys just shirtless, but you can tell, like, this guy's, like, he's, he's a, a child. He's a little bit legit- He is a child. He's a legitimate child. Like, it's, there's no, like, I He's I not allowed to buy alcohol. In some places, he can't get into clubs. Like, there, was, right. there was some TMZ story, like, a turned down from a club in L.A., which, terrible business by that bouncer. Like, <laughs> you want to let the NBA star in, but. <laughs> I'm sure there were probably already, like, seven in there. He was like, we, we're okay for tonight. <laughs> But yeah, I'm excited about Tatum. I, I I have no problem. Like if I were super wrong, I'd be thrilled. Like I don't want him to be bad. I've never wanted him to be no. bad. He plays for the Celtics. Like there's no reason for me to. That was the other thing about this team too. Like when Kelly was on the team, there was someone I could like, vi- like hate. Like just look at him and be like, <laughs> I I don't like you here. Like he was a fine player, but I just didn't. I didn't want him here. And this, I think they miss Kelly though. I think they could use a five who could shoot. I think they're better when they have like they they go smaller. I mean, Kelly was the most sure. frustrating yeah, guy in the Horford's world. Horford's a five who can shoot for us. Yeah, I mean, they, ultimately, if they're going to win, they're going to be playing Horford at the five. But right now, they have all these crazy fucking moose minutes and Baines. Yeah, and, I mean, Monroe needs to. I hope he just spent the whole break just running. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, just being somewhat in shape. Because like clearly, he wasn't playing in Phoenix. Like he just eating like chips on the bench or something. But. Uh, there's there's just been no one on this team where I'm like uh, I, I like even even uh, Mook Morris like it's just too 
funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that dude loves his ISO Mook is like yeah. hilarious. He gets the ball, you're like, well, we might as well just all jock back on defense. Like, he, this shot's going up, and it's also sometimes it's useful. Like when he scores oh, more yeah. than 14 points, like, like for 15 points, they usually win. Like right. they are so in need of scoring that ISO Mook is literally their best option off the bench. So, oh yeah. It's hard to complain. Like even I know Marcus is going to come back and start just hail, like chucking eight threes a game. It's going to be like I'm fine with it. I'm all for it. Marcus needs to shoot. Like that's what he needs to do to be effective. He's gonna, not going to make most of them, but maybe no. someone will close out. Maybe there'll be space. Who knows? They, other teams close out on him way too often. Like someone broke it down at the beginning of the season. It was uh, HP basketball. That's, yeah, that's what I thought it was. They broke it down. And, like you just see, like so he would get doubled when he has the ball, and it's like, well, yeah, we're going to score here. Like it blows my mind how people like even after the lakers game the game he ended up hurting himself after but like he was our best player on the court on both ends that game like, yeah, he was, he, it was his best game of the season <laughs> he just happened to miss the buzzer beater and, right and people were, were like killing him for that and i was like well i, I don't know if i agree with people this. Were breaking down the films of pruder style like yeah. he should have passed it in this int- second to terry rosier's like yeah. man the dude was confident thought he could make a shot and he got a decent right. look and it, i get it, like what kills me is like these same people will say the hot hand theory is just a theory, like it's fake, it doesn't exist. And then in an actual game, like, oh, Terry just hit two shots. Like, you have you to feed that to guy. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's one or the other. Like, you can't be both. No, that's the thing about, I'm not going to say Celtics Twitter, but just general sports fan Twitter right. is just uh, being mad online. Just and having it both, the, needing to have it both ways at all times. There's some, like, people in our mentions, we have, like, our hashtag raining Jays after the game that we just say yeah, after yeah, game yeah. recaps and just, like, you see the same people, and no matter what happens, they're just angry. And it's like, well, why? I don't understand why you're so upset. I very much try to preach sports optimism because, yeah. like, I can't control what these guys do. So if they lose, I'm not going to be that upset about it. And if they win, it's going to be fucking awesome. And there's just some people who are just, like, mad online and just hate everyone. I can still definitely be mad online guy. There's nothing. I, oh, yeah. They, uh, I, I definitely, it like... Weird Celtics story didn't happen overnight. It was a long, like it's a long journey, arduous process because it is kind of like Raptors fans where we had people doubting Ainge. The Nets picks were never going to be good, which was always crazy to me. They were always going to be good picks. Like you could see that from the day we got the picks. But it was just so many outsiders telling us like how we should view our team to the point where now everyone's like super jealous of our team, and we're just like sitting back and just waiting. And but there was that point in time. Like I remember when we lost to the Lakers in the finals, I just smoked like thirteen blunts in a row, like just to numb everything. Yeah. I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened in the world. Like how could this happen? Then when we lost to the Heat, the the series, uh, Rondo got raked across the face by Wade. Fuck Dwayne Wade. Oh yeah. The forever. first podcast I ever hosted was called I Hate Dwayne Wade, <laughs> and then I was told by EEI that I couldn't have that be, be the name of the podcast. <laughs> so I changed it to I Love, or, or with my co-host, We Love Anthony Davis, which is a more positive message, but- Definitely positive. <laughs> fuck, Anthony, fuck Dwayne Wade. Yeah. No, I, I, I was trying to explain it to someone, like, I really hate Kobe, and I should hate Dwayne Wade as much. But I, I just don't anymore. There used to be a time where he was my least favorite player, but as the time goes, it's like, yeah, he broke Rondo's arm intentionally at that time, and then he raked him across the face. I should be more mad at the refs than him for that. But the the broken arm thing will always be like, yeah, that was a big time. I think he just owns his scumbagness more yeah. than like Chris Paul does. Does does he own it, or is it just like an accepted fact? I don't know. It's just... It might be that. It might be the accepted fact. Yeah, I think that's what it might be, because it's not accepted with Chris Paul, who's yeah, also Yeah, Chris Paul's a the consummate leader. He's a point guard. He's Mr. <laughs> right. State Farm, but... Right. And so I don't... 
I guess maybe that's it. The public perception, everyone's more like, yeah, he does this shit, but he we don't really care that much. So I guess I can I can ride with that a little bit more. But any made basket against the Celtics by Dwayne Wade, I end up getting <laughs> mad online for it, and I literally just claimed like I don't I don't let this affect me at all. And yeah. then it's like fuck Dwayne Wade. But you, you must have loved when he was like missing open dunks last year against us in the was, playoffs. Though. It was fantastic. Uh, I enjoy seeing him lose. <laughs> that series, that was. Almost a very dark. Like I, I was worried like what was going to happen if we lost. Like I was still like, no, Ainge won't overreact, but you never know. You know, like it, it helped out that they were able to win because you probably don't get as much value for Isaiah if you, if, lose, yeah, if he if, just loses, if to he the doesn't Bulls. have like the fifty point game in the um against the Wizards, like that Kyrie. Who knows? Who knows what fucking happens? Yeah, if he just got dominated by Rondo for like six games, they would be like, "Oh, this guy can't play." Oh, he's not, oh this defense is terrible. <laughs> I do. St- where do you stand on Rondo? Because I like to ask any Celtics fan because I, I can't remember a player who did more and got less recognition for it than than Rondo did. As he a was. Celtic. He was amazing. He was uh, the best player on the court towards the end of the kind of big three, big four era. Uh, I just really think he was a dick. Oh, yeah. And that because of that, like, I go into the locker room and so you kind of see how the interactions thing, and if the guy's just, like, kind of surly and a dick the whole time, I think that just, like, directly translates to kind of the, the coverage he gets. And so if people are reading the media and they're through the lens of these people who are just like, man, I don't want to fucking talk to this guy. He's made us wait two hours just kind of. So I, I agree with you that he doesn't get as much kind of support, but I think it's, like, a lot of part of it is just, his own doing yeah and I, I i definitely get that part of it and he had the shit with bill Ke- bill kennedy yeah he had that which was a terrible look he had to broke his wrist at the trampoline park or whatever and yeah. said he fell in the shower or something yeah. like that like so I, but to me like where, where it gets confusing to me is if rondo that whole time instead of being a dick just said oh you need to back the brinks truck up for me <laughs> people would have hated him just the same but when Isaiah did it, it was like cute. That was Boston because Isaiah's. I guess t- Rondo's tiny too. I don't know. For you're right, but like when Isaiah says like that, it's like, oh man, that guy's so relatable. I like. I totally. It, I want him to get his money. <laughs> but if Rondo's just like also just being himself and being like completely honest, he's just a little bit more surly. You're right, but like people would have hated him no matter what. It shocked me that Isaiah never got a, a, an ounce of flack for that in Boston. Like I, if we were doing it elsewhere, like yeah, I could understand them people not freaking out about it. I, like Ortiz, David Ortiz asked for money, and, and people, people were like, "This guy's furious. gonna go." Like this guy, he's he's old, he's washed up, like he, he doesn't play in the field, he doesn't play any defense, like he's gotta go. Like what are we talking about? We, he so wants twenty million dollars <laughs> with no salary cap. How dare yeah, he? Ortiz just wanted like not to sign one year deals every year of his career, and he was correct. And people were like, "Oh, he, he argued for an RBI that one time." Yeah, he argued for the RBI because he had to go into contract negotiations every offseason. Of course, he needs that RBI. Like I, Boston, I love Boston with all my heart. It made some of the stuff, especially when it comes to sports, just makes me laugh. Uh, yeah, well, you got to laugh to it. That's what I'm trying to trying to preach sports optimism because yeah. it's it's difficult. Yeah, and Celtics Twitter finally has 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 reached this point. I I do wonder when it's going to end, if it's going to be the start of next season or if it's going to be if we get to an Eastern Conference Finals or or a title. Like I don't know, there will be a change. I hope it's in a positive direction cuz I don't think it's just going to be like, oh, like next year we we win the East and lose in the finals and then the year after that we just win the finals. Like that's too easy. Like it couldn't possibly happen that way. No, something crazy is going to happen and that's like crazy. Like, you don't even know what's going to happen this offseason. Like, right. 
that's why the NBA is fucking awesome is that, I don't know, like it doesn't seem like the Celtics have many changes, but the league could change entirely and it's entirely different from there. That's why it's, I don't know, ball's yeah. life. I don't appreciate Anthony Davis being like, well, maybe I do want to leave now. <laughs> like That wasn't great. That was... But I also want to dream about DeMarcus Cousins and I in the finals. You're sending real mixed messages, Anthony. Like, <laughs> Which I think it was more, if, if I understood what he was trying to say, it was more like, hey, if you don't re-sign DeMarcus Cousins, I'm out of here. So I'm all for that. So Boogie could leave in this offseason, and then we have a wild trade of, like, what? There's the crazy talk out there is, like, would you trade Gordon Hayward right now for, like, I think something? Tyler and me started that talk. I listened to your podcast, so maybe that's where I heard it. Definitely where I heard it. I mean, do you end up, I don't remember what your ultimate conclusion was, but. I think, to me, A, like, A, the most important thing, Stevens would have to be okay with it because as far as I'm concerned Stevens is only with the Boston Celtics because Ainge sold him on signing Gordon yeah. Hayward at some point in time to me it just makes the most sense out of any of the other trades I've heard because hey you still need the the salaries to match up on some level yeah and if you're starting with like Tatum like you have a lot of gap to make up and then it's Horford like I don't think they the Pelicans really want Horford as great as he is he's not like at the stage of his career where he's like some big trade shit yeah and i kind of like like the young guys with Kyrie, and like we've seen what they've done right now without hayward and if you could just slide davis in instead of him i think that makes this little and then you just add picks to it obviously like they're not like oh yeah we want gordon hayward straight up or that would never happen but i th- i think it would make the most sense out of any of the trades like that being said i don't think there's a trade that makes sense where i would be like fully happy with it because yeah. i do like what we've seen with tatum i definitely don't want to trade jalen i'm not saying jalen's better than anthony davis because i'm not a crazy person but it's like at what point are you giving up too many parts to where all right now it's just Kyrie, anthony davis and gordon hayward which is a very good team probably contender to win the east the warriors run that team off the court and then you have no bench and right then- no bench like is terry starting at the two like do we retain marcus is he starting like it just there's a lot of questions where I would trust Ainge to figure it out, but I kind of just like the path we're on right now. Like I, I enjoy where we're at and not the process in our process. Yeah, fuck them for taking <laughs> one, the, the phrase "the process" away. Like that's how you would describe what's going on in right. most situations. Right. I enjoy the process we've been on, and I don't know if I'm ready to. I thought trading for trading the Brooklyn pick for Kyrie was that was the shocking part of all that. Yeah. Like oh wow, Ainge. Didn't this give it up for, for Paul George. Yeah. He didn't give it up for Jimmy Butler. He wanted like Kyrie. Like interesting. I I, I don't disagree with him, but I think it's interesting that this is where it, it ends up. Um, but yeah, I, I do think he can also be more patient where he knows no other team. It's almost it's almost like he kept waiting for Kevin Love because he was just like, yeah, I'll give you Sullinger. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll give you Sullinger and and this other bag of crap. And they were like, ah, no. no thank but he you. kept being available for many years. Like, if if we don't trade for Anthony Davis this summer, I don't think New Orleans is going to be like, oh, then we'll take some shitty offer from, like, the Suns. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. So I do think he can kind of just wait for that price to come down a little. And then, like, two years or a, a year from now, two years from now, maybe it's – like, I don't know, maybe we get Zion next draft and we can trade him. Like, yeah. you, there's no, uh, to me, there's just no need to rush that part of it while the Warriors are still a thing. And you're right about Brad Stevens. It feels like Brad Stevens is like a robot from the Midwest designed to coach basketball. And yeah. then Gordon Hayward is the robot that that robot designed. Like, they <laughs> right. have, they, we have to give them some time together just because he's literally just a 6'8 forward who can literally do just everything pretty well. And right. feels like the perfect Brad Stevens guy. So The easiest piece to just put back in. 
Like, everyone else is going to fit around him. Like, I'm okay with keeping Gordon Hayward. If we're talking about Anthony Davis trades, that's where it just makes the most sense to start with him as opposed to, like, Tatum, Jalen, and then Matching others. salaries. and Right. Yeah. That, that seems like way more of a clusterfuck and way less – just less fun of a team. Like, yeah, they'd be for sure better when you have Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, and Gordon Hayward. Like, that's a tough three to match up with. But it's just like like the cost of it all just seems too much. Whereas if it's just Hayward, like we've seen, what, five total minutes of Hayward in a Celtics uniform? Like that would almost feel like we got Anthony Davis for free in a sense. Exactly. It's, it's just everything's gravy this year. <laughs> yeah. But I, I've i been pretty uh, outspoken about like not even thinking about Anthony Davis. It just seems so far-fetched to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's really – it's. It's tough to engage in the rumor just because you want, like you want to talk about the possibility, but really it's it's not necessary that they make a deal. So Angel Angel almost like fucked himself by trading for Kevin Garnett because every Celtics fan is like, oh, we could just trade for whoever. And we it's have like, to, no, we yeah. can't. <laughs> We're just gonna do it. And no, yeah. we need like a former Celtics legend to maybe be the GM, and it might be helpful that way. And you also have to trade for like KG didn't want to come to Boston. Like I yeah, you I, also have to have like really shitty pick luck and like not get Kevin Durant right. and. Yeah, that, bunch of crazy things. Would you trade the the that ring for that Kevin Durant? Go differently and get Durant. That's a good question. Because you're looking at it would be Rondo, Tony Allen, Kevin Durant, Al Jefferson, Kendrick Perkins, and then whatever you trade Pierce for, because Pierce would have been gone. Yeah, he said he would have requested a trade. I don't know, man. Like, so you get Kevin Durant for his entire rookie contract. So that's eight years of Kevin Durant, yeah. basically until the same amount of time where he decided to go to Golden State. Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like he can trade championships away. Like, they won I that agree. one. They had 2009. That was probably a, their better team. I don't think you can give that up. Just I, for, like, yeah, Durant's probably the second best player in the league. But If they had won two, I wouldn't even talk about it. The only winning one, I feel like we would have – like, it's hard to assume we wouldn't have won the East, like, many times over. Because who knows what you get from Pierce. Yeah. Like, we very easily could have got, like – Angels also really like James Harden. Like, he might have ended up drafting him. Because that team would have stunk year oh, one. Yeah. Like, we would have got our own top overall pick. And then we probably would have traded with Dallas because Pierce has said, like, that's where he was telling Ainge to trade him to. So who knows what we would have got from them. Like, it picks probably and who knows. And then Ainge is clearly a good evaluator of talent at, right. at top of the draft. So it probably just would have been the whole process we're in right now. Just started <laughs> earlier. Earlier. Earlier, yeah. Earlier, yeah. And who knows, maybe Durant as a lifer, maybe. like It's just it's something I've not been able to stop thinking about since 2007. Maybe Durant like starts hating the city and wants to go to Silicon Valley. Who knows? Yeah. It's an entirely different kind of yeah. existence, but it's interesting. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've settled on an answer because they're, yeah, like, the, no. it's, it's a good question. Two titles, it's not a question at all because you can't. Be like, oh, no, we would have won two with Durant. Like, you have no fucking clue. One, I could make the case, because, like, going back to Rondo, I think he was, like, a top-five player in basketball the year we lost the Heat in seven games. Because yeah. him and LeBron were, like, trading baskets. Like, it wasn't even – and Pierce wasn't who he used to be. Garnett, surely, was still not what he used to be. So it could have been, what, peak – KD and what other pieces you have around it right I mean, then? Rondo would have averaged like 20 assists a game passing to Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been damn impressive. Um, I mean, we've been here for an hour, so I don't know. I mean, we've talked entirely Celtics the whole time, which I yeah. was kind of uh, surprised by. I thought we were going to get at least <laughs> a good 15 of Simpsons talk in, but um, I don't have no direct Simpsons questions. So you like that show? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I, I'm, another thing, I, 
I get it's tough for like a new generation to go back and watch old episodes. Shouldn't be. I do I do it all the time. For sure. But I grew up with those episodes. You yeah. Know what I mean, like I some of my earliest memories are like my parents like sitting me down and then them just leaving because they knew I'd be very entertained by this show like age three. And yeah. seven to eight each night. I think it was on Fox when oh, they yeah. were in syndication. It was like Simpson Seinfeld. That's what you did. Yeah. And it was the, a much simpler, better time. I'm shocked how few people have it in their, like, top five all-time shows. I saw someone was doing some, like, bracket for, like, best shows of the 90s. They didn't even have it fucking on there. I was like, this bracket's null and void. What are you talking <laughs> about? done. Like, what are you talking Like, it's clearly... Like, there's, there's, it's hard to trust someone who do- doesn't grow up watching The Simpsons or at least have some sort of cultural, re- like, reference or, like, get some things, but it's... If you do do that, it immediately you're in my book. It's like, okay, at least you're a little bit smart. Like, right. you know shit about fuck a little bit. Right, right. Yeah, it's... I, to me, it's, like, far and away. Like, I, Game of Thrones best show of all time. Like, you clearly just <laughs> did, just bought a TV today. Like, I, what are you talking about? Like, I, it, like, maybe the most culturally important television show, the fact that they were yellow, I know that they did it because they just ran out of the color. Yeah. Uh, but I think that was the most important mistake that's, like, ev- like since penicillin was invented. <laughs> because it, it opened it up to, like, Tyler, Ty- a known black guy. Like, he could relate to it like I could. Just, like, clearly they were obviously, like, a middle-class white family. But the fact that they weren't white just opened it up to everyone. Yeah. It's like, oh, yellow. Like, they're clearly not, like, chi- like Asian people. They have Asians on the show. So it's, like, it, just, it was... It was so, and it was on Fox, which was this renegade network that just were like, I, they were like uh, the pirate ship. Like they just showed up. They were like, oh, we're gonna have married with children, and then we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have this cartoon that is just gonna blow your fucking head off. And, and then I love every time the Simpsons would rip on Fox. Right, <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah, like they they openly shit on uh, like Rupert Murdoch. Like I there there were so many. The best part about The Simpsons is if you grew up with them and then you go back and watch them, it's like watching a different show. There's so many different layers to jokes. And it's just like yeah. oh, and you like kind of start figuring stuff out about like politics and history. And you're like wow, right. these guys are fucking geniuses. There's levels to this shit. My father used to get so mad when I was like not studying in like high school and stuff, and he would be asking me questions. And then he would ask me something like Simpsons related and I'd just roll off the answer and he would just like flip the table. He's like, <laughs> how the fuck do you know that? Like, that's the answer. Like that, that part of history, like they were talking about it there. I'd be like, oh, well, why don't you just say that? Like, of yeah. course I know that. And it's just truly incredible. Like we were talking about Wheaties boxes here earlier and like the cultural significance of being on a Wheaties box. Like, does it still hold up? I think it does. I'm a big nostalgia guy. I think like if you're on the Wheaties box, it's a big honor. I don't really care if like, anyone likes the cereal or not like it just means a lot i still think getting drawn into the simpsons means a lot oh yeah i know they've given that honor away to many many people but like i think two or three years ago Patton oswalt was on and he just went on like a huge rant on twitter like freaking out he's like i can't believe i'm on the simpsons like this is the biggest honor i've ever gotten and even other shows like rick and morty which has become like the biggest show on or biggest cartoon on TV right now. You say as wearing a dope-ass Scary Terry sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, oh, shouts to Gunna Man. His album came out today, Terry Rozier's did Boy. It, <laughs> it did launch today. Tito has a one verse on it, and he's completely auto-tuned. It's fantastic. <laughs> I need to listen to that. Listed as this. Chum. Um, so not doesn't say Terry Rozier, but the real people will know it's there. They do. That was <laughs> one of my funniest interview moments with anyone was when he said Chum, paused, smiled, and then said with a K. I was like, this is... 
Him and his crew, like the GMB, are so committed to it. Like every single tweet, they will not have a, a C. Yeah. And to me, that says that they're bloods, but I'm not going to uh, reach I any have no conclusions. no idea what you're talking about yeah. right now. This is all foreign to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, like Rick and Morty, I found out about because after one season, Matt Groening called uh, Dan Harmon and um, I'm blanking on the like the actual creator of the show. But he called them and he was like, we want you to do a couch gag. And they were like f- freaking yeah. out. They're like, you want us to do a whole couch gag? And then I watched the couch gag. I was like, I don't know what this is, but it looks intriguing as fuck. And now it's one of my favorite shows ever. Yeah. Which is becoming tough because of all the fucking dickheads yeah of, of people people on the internet just root, know how to ruin things real quickly they, like it's a cartoon yeah i get it's based on science fiction it doesn't make you smart for watching <laughs> no just because they go to different universes just because they make things up doesn't yeah. make you smart just they throw the word multiverse around and people are like oh i have a phd now like no dude <laughs> like it's a very funny show it's well written it's witty it's not making you smart <laughs> No, but I would argue The Simpsons like definitely made me more culturally aware Absolutely. of just like everything. When you become older, you're like, oh yeah, this was written by like Harvard grads. Like yeah. it becomes very apparent when they're making like when Homer's quoting like all of these like philosophers and yeah. like as a kid, like it just sounds like words. And then when you're an adult, you're like, holy shit! I like, actually I- got the chance when I was in L.A. Uh, the the current executive producer of The Simpsons went to my high school, really? and so he spoke at our graduation, and I was also speaking at the graduation, and he. Uh, Basically, not basically, he called me gay in front of the entire, like, uh, graduation as a, basically as a good goof. It was a funny line. He was like, in college, it's a great time to go gay, but it's uh, also a great time to go straight. Right, Sam? <laughs> and it's a good line. And then, but, like, apparently he was mortified because people, parents complained and shit like that. So I slid into his DMs and I was, and I was like, remember when you called me gay? Like, <laughs> can I just, like, come visit the Simpsons studios? And so I got to go and just, like, hang out there. And it's just, I go into the writer's room and it's just, like, probably, like, a room... A little bit bigger than this, and it's just like a yeah. bunch of nerds hanging out, and it's oh, yeah. like, oh yeah, these are just like very smart, nerdy people. I actually got to meet the dude who invented the phrase "embiggens." Oh really? That was pretty cool. Like, <laughs> you said, I was somewhere I was talking about Cromulent or something. I was gonna say he wasn't that guy. Wasn't there the Cromulent? The Cromulent guy, guy wasn't there, so I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> but uh, it was yeah, they're just a bunch of just like nerdy dudes who are very like committed to jokes, and it's just like yeah, this is exactly what I wanted it to be. Have you ever watched the uh, the serious jibber-jabber where Conan's just talking with like a bunch of old Simpsons writers? It's just like a round table type yeah. thing? Yeah, I think yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, I watch it like like probably like once a month, like bare minimum, and it's just crazy like these guys are, and obviously like some of the heavy hitters aren't there who are responsible but still, like those guys are just and some of the guys still work on the show, and it's like yeah, we're we kind of we kind of just casually write like the funniest like most important yeah. TV show of all time. Do you have a go-to phrase or thing that you just like say to yourself that's a Simpsons thing? I, I mean, obviously everyone has like if you're actual Simpsons fan you have a bunch of them, but for me it's like anytime I park a car I just go remember we're in the itchy lot. <laughs> <laughs> and when I had a girlfriend she was furious I every bet. single time I said that, but I like bet. it's just like my natural instinct to like anytime I park a car. It, it's probably not. A phrase it's just more shaking my fist yeah just yeah. like like sh- like it's probably shake harder boy from the lemon of troy uh lemon yeah lemon of troy episode uh when they steal the the lemon tree back and the like the the bizarro homer and bart are chasing after him and they just stand <laughs> shake harder boy and they both just shake much harder it's uh yeah, I would say I'm just a very unoriginal fuck in the sense that most of the things I say are just like Simpsons. Well, that was quotes. the thing. I was watching 
my girlfriend or ex-girlfriend yeah. was uh she never watched Simpsons and so I would make her watch and then she would slowly realize that all the things that I said were just like <laughs> oh you didn't come up with that like it was like no it was like yeah. clearly I I never claimed I did right. but apparently it's just entirely my like lexicon yeah no when you like just talking with Simpsons like fans it's easy to like see like oh yeah we all have these same beats and like these same things make us laugh and I don't know it's uh I went to before I moved here, it was like the year before I moved here, my, my boy lived in Brooklyn, and I was visiting him, and was like, oh, we have to go to this uh, Simpsons trivia, and I was like, done. Like, Oh, yeah. Walk in there, mop up, and- You get murdered, we dude. We got slaughtered. I was like, Simpsons trivia is legit. Here? I've never been like done well. Like, there's some- cr- It's insane. Like, the real crazy Simpsons head, and I think my, my brother and like the- Like, he's the one who introduced me to Simpsons. He knows crazy yeah. stuff, but like, I would go with him, and there's some people out there like- Literally, like, in the episode, they were itchy, played Scratchy's thing as yeah. a xylophone. <laughs> like, it was, yeah, like, it, was, it was that guy. It was all those people. And, like, it was crazy because, like, it was like you take the paper and then you would pass it to, like, a different team and they would grade it. And I was getting, like, different stuff from that episode that was somehow harder than the question, like, that was asked. <laughs> and they were giving it to me wrong. I was like, well, clearly you knew what I was talking about. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but we finished, like... I don't know, the place was packed. Like it's it's good to see that that many people still give a fuck. But I was just like, Jesus Christ, man! Like I thought I knew this shit pretty well, and I know I do. But it was just like very humbling experience. Have you seen the the weird memes of like or Instagram accounts that are like fucked up Celtic or not like Simpsons mashups? Like they'll take one joke and just smash it into another joke and just create a bunch of confusing shit. Mostly talking about steamed hams or like Utica. Steamed hams is is become way bigger than I. It's like, exploded. The Simpsons uh, don't get enough credit for being super memeable unto themselves. Like Skinner opening the window. Uh, it's a lot of Skinner. Like Skinner, yeah. <laughs> like Skinner pathetic. Like that became huge. Like the Simpsons have become super memeable. A thing they couldn't have ever predict predicted, and they've predicted a lot. Yeah. Um, but I saw a video the other day that was the most like fucked up thing I ever saw. It was from uh, the summer of Four Foot Two, when Homer, Marge, Milhouse, and Bart are playing like that that uh, dating like board game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "You got the nerd," and it's like the, the <laughs> guy with like the wilty flower. And then it just it kept like showing that in different scenes, and then cutting to like. Mr. Burns, but it would be like with Homer's face, like doing this like really slow smile, and it's honestly haunting me. Like, it's, there's some fucked up. If you follow the Instagram at Dank Simpsons, it's like sometimes it's hilarious, and then sometimes you're like, man, that's that's fucked up. Yeah, this one just I didn't kept need being to see that. like the one where uh, Homer the Smithers, where he was Mr. Burns, like Smithers, obviously, and after he attacks him, <laughs> and he's like looking out into the hallway with the mirror. He looked out into the hallway with the mirror, and it was that nerd from the game. And then it cut back <laughs> to Mr. Burns' face, but with Homer's like eyes and mouth over it, doing that like weird slow smile. And I was like, dude, I'm never gonna sleep ever again. Like this is horrifying. Ugh, it's amazing what the people of the weird people of the internet can do. Even like the whole Simpsons wave. Like, did you hear any of that from like? two summers ago it was like taking like really slow like chill wave like music oh yeah i'm setting like setting <laughs> it, to Sim- it to like old simpsons like clips like i'll ch- it was like chopped and screwed simpsons it was, yeah it, it's 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 definitely spawned a very uh add uh generation of, of of weirdos and i'm happy to be one of them yeah all right i guess i'm taking enough of your time i'll wrap it up on one question if you have a go-to episode like you open up simpsons world 
what is like what are you going to turn to what is your strategy i normally try and pick a season and then i'll like roll a dice or something and just try to pick a random season from probably like three to eleven yeah see like i i still have like i i will use simpsons world on like my apple tv but i still have like the all DVDs. the dvds and so my go-to dvd would be season six i think it's disc three and that's like homie the clown um Homer or Bart versus Australia, Lisa on Ice. Like it's just like a, a heavy hitter, like six in a row. But if I were to like go watch an individual episode, it's either gonna be like Scorpio, you only move yeah. twice, or I'm trying to think like season season eight. I would argue season eight is amazing. Might be like the number one season, and I know a lot of people. You talk to some older people, it's like, oh, they fell off after like season six. It's like you're a crazy person, and then other people will just throw ten out there because it's just a round number. Yeah. Like The Simpsons was still a very, very, very good show until like fourteen. One of my favorite episodes is Behind the Laughter, yeah. which is like the <laughs> end of the twelfth season. Like I, that, that one I can watch uh, anytime. Yeah. I think my murderer's row, I think it was like the pretzel one, mm-hmm. um, El Viaje de Nuestro Homer, the yep. chili cook-off. Yep. I think also the, there's the co- the initial Kodos and Kang president and like the Hugo. Yeah, 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 yeah. For a while, my Tinder bio was too crazy for Boys Town, too much of a boy for Crazy Town, and not <laughs> one person commented it on the whole time, and I realized, yeah, most people aren't going to get that one. one. I think my favorite one-off gag that I, I wish they had had ever brought back it's when they were trying to find crusty uh when bart knew he was still alive and when he's down by the docks yeah when he was down by the docks and he blows up the crusty balloon and he was like have you seen this man and he's like oh this is i think he calls him like whistling pete i can't remember yeah what no no yeah what is it it's handsome pete. handsome pete handsome pete <laughs> and he comes out and he's just he throws a quarter and he starts playing and he's like oh he's gonna go all night now <laughs> and it's just this little deformed crusty that will always that stuff doesn't he like walk that. out later with his accordion like oh not now pete <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like the fact that he never came back ever again after that like that will always that will always kill me all right man i appreciate you taking the time this has been fun talk yeah. shooting the shit huge fan of the show appreciate keep it, doing yeah. what you're doing i'll keep listening to your four-hour podcast because they're <laughs> entertaining as fuck we dropped an hour and a half one earlier this week people were like where's the rest of it actually they were just shocked <laughs> yeah that's it's lose lose we can't we can't do anything correct these days but i appreciate you having us on or having me on i yeah, appreciate and, you welcoming me into your studio and oh, doing yeah. all that it's been fun yeah no any like I was, I've, I've ranted enough about Celtics fans. So when I find ones that get it, I try and talk to them because it's it, it's becoming more of us. But it's still for me. I don't I don't let a lot of people in because I just simply do not trust them. So oh, I'm glad I've made the inner circle. Though. Yeah, I appreciate what you, Jay, and uh, John have been doing for for represent for representing Celtics fans. Well, do what I can. Yeah, try it. Appreciate it, man. Of course. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. 
Rejecting the Screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.